listening to Sports Radio Detroit. Welcome to Grave Discussions. I am your host, Barnabas. And I am your co-host, Samuel. Welcome to episode 51. Yes, this episode is titled, What Doesn't Kill You? And we've got a couple pretty cool movies that we're going to talk about. (laughs) I had to just throw that one in there. Uh, You know what? I've I've heard that they do, actually, by giving you autism. (laughs) Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Did you know that the Earth is flat? What? 9-11 9-11 was an inside job. <laughs> Glad we're starting off this with a conspiracy a, theory. Yeah, based yeah. <laughs> that would be yeah. great. Oh, man. Well, this uh, episode is not about that, but we've got uh, some cool movies lined up that we're going to talk about. Before we get into anything else, though, we did have to give a couple quick shout outs. First of all, to Sports Radio Detroit, of course, our hosts for uh hosting our show on all their platforms and just making grave discussions possible yes yes and you can find sports radio detroit on twitter instagram and facebook that's srd sports radio detroit not detroit sports radio exactly and we have one more uh quick shout out as well joe myrick who is actually here with us right now yes we're looking at him we're looking at his face (laughs) yep he's he's here uh chilling with us and we did have to give a shout out because he wrote an awesome article about grave discussions not that long ago for the hamtramck review so uh you can go check out that article by visiting our social media it's on there i'm gonna put it on the website real soon but yeah we just want to give joe a quick shout out and uh let him plug himself a little bit yes so ladies and gentlemen here is joseph anthony myrick that's right i know your government name (laughs) ladies and gentlemen hold your applause uh, it's, uh, <laughs> uh, you can find me everywhere on social media at wayandbamitsjam.com. You can find me on websites like uh, Daily DDT, Diva Dirt, which I assistant at for, Under the Laces, which I head at for, Bam Smack Pal, and of course, the good folks at Sports Radio Detroit. I hope I didn't forget oh, yeah. anybody because that would look really bad on my resume. Hey, um, I'm bad promoting myself, so I'll just hand this over to the real experts. Well, Guys, all three of us are wearing glasses. Yeah, we all we're all blind as shit. Pretty weird, right? <laughs> but yeah, that's uh, that's Joe. Wham bam, it's jam. You heard it here first, folks. So it sounds it's spelled exactly what it sounds. Yep. No extra M's. Not no. wham with two M's or bam with two M's or jam with two M's exactly so yeah go check him out guys or it's with a z (laughs) he's an awesome writer and uh yeah you should read his stuff you definitely should he provides some insight that i haven't even seen before or even thought about uh he wrote an article recently up for sports radio detroit what was your debut article velvet gold mine he said velvet gold mine that movie was not a gold mine Yeah, he made some points because I know we had one opinion on it. We're like, yeah, it was all right. You should check it out. And Joe was like, fuck that movie. So <laughs> basically, yeah. But yeah, go check it out anyway. It's, it's a great read. Yes. So, uh, let's get right into some uh, horror news here, guys. First of all, 
we know all about the CW's version of The Lost Boys. Unfortunately. Coming out, <laughs> coming out with a brand new series. Basically a reimagining of it. And uh, it was rumored that they were going to be kind of gender swapping the Frog Brothers. And they are officially the Frog Sisters now. Wow. With this recent casting. What a difference. <laughs> yeah. I mean, well, that's the thing. I mean, it's not really that much of a difference. So, it, you know... I guess how how you're affected by it is entirely up to you. <laughs> I think people that are diehard fans of the original, like me, are gonna be like, 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 why? What if we yeah. just made Blade like a Chinese guy? Oh, I'm gonna kill the vampire! <laughs> like that would be fucking weird. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. It's just uh, it's just different than the source material. That that's really it. But yeah. we've got uh, um, Sarah Hay, Cheyenne Haynes, and Haley Chu. Uh, cast in it and Haynes and Chu if I'm pronouncing that right are cast as the frog sisters uh, so that's that's that news <laughs> once we have more information about it we'll let you guys know yeah I don't want to yammer on about mm, this but that was the uh, that was the big development there teeny bopper bullshit <laughs> the next uh, article that we found is about a new movie called Tone Deaf, and I really picked this one. What? We've, we've been, you see? <laughs> yeah, I that get was it. good, right? I get it, you good. asshole. <laughs> I picked this one mainly because we've been on our Robert Patrick kick lately. Oh, yeah. Like, seeing him literally everywhere for some reason. I don't know why. He's just making a comeback. Wasn't he <laughs> yeah. in... He lost after Dark. Yep. And then we watched him. I was in Nam. Yeah, and then first, first, I just randomly decided to watch The Faculty. So, yeah, the T-1000's been everywhere lately. And I'm kind of glad to see that because... A lot of the actors we grew up watching in like for us it was like the late 90s early 2000s they're not really making appearances anymore that much like 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 Tara Reid and fucking what, uh, Freddie Prince Jr and all yeah. these motherfuckers that we used to see like they're not popping up but Robert Patrick is mm-hmm. yeah I, that, no that's actually a good point and if they do pop up it's usually in like these really like lower budget independent films which is i guess it's kind of is but yeah tara reed was in party bus to hell that's a to be exclusive so what year was that fuck like 2017 2018 <laughs> oh, okay it's so not that long ago at all like literally almost yesterday yeah. all right well yeah there's that one as well but robert patrick is coming back he's actually in this movie that is being directed by richard bates jr who some of you may know as the director of excision suburban gothic and trash fire and so this is going to be kind of along the same lines it's a horror thriller and it follows a millennial it specifies that (laughs) olive uh, played by amanda crew who after losing her job and imploding her latest dysfunctional relationship i'm quoting uh, leaves the city for a weekend of peace in the country basically she rents a house from this widower guy portrayed by robert patrick who's uh, struggling to hide his psychopathic tendencies. So, I don't know. That sounds pretty good. He, like, just fucking sits in a tree and shits. <laughs> like, he shits down the tree. That would be psychopathic. Because then he, like, you... stabs a bunny rabbit to death, like, right after. <laughs> how can you not respect yourself like that? Yeah, yeah, I don't know. There really isn't too much more information, but it's uh, supposed to be premiering at the South by Southwest Film Festival on March 10th, so there's that. And then the last article we have is about the brand new Critters movie. That's right. Movie. What? 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 (laughs) There's a brand new Critters movie coming out on uh, sci-fi. And apparently it was rumored or something before, but 
I don't I don't really remember. It's on sci fi. Yeah, it's gonna be on sci fi or they're producing it at the very least, but it's gonna be on sci fi. And filming just wrapped on it, so you should probably expect it soon, I would imagine. Like at least within the next few months. And it's being produced by the guys who did the Tremors sequels for sci-fi. So it's probably going to have that same vibe. Tremors 3 wasn't half bad at all. Honestly, like, they were still fun movies. Yeah. I just, I don't know. The whole Tremors uh, world is just weird to me. Yeah. Like, I'm not that interested in just looking at rocks and sand (laughs) the entire time, you know. So there is that. So Critters is kind of cool because it has, like, all these sci-fi elements and everything. So I don't know. I think if it keeps the same kind of like cheesy atmosphere i think it's going to be pretty good but kind of going along with that let's talk about some trailer announcements we've got critters a new binge now this is what you may more likely have heard about it's the new trailer for the all new critters series it's going to be on shutter so i don't know what you think about it sam i think it looks dope honestly like you mentioned uh earlier when we were taking a quick look at it the the practical effects are kind of the game changer for me because if they had a whole bunch of little cgi critters in there and like <laughs> cgi fur balls flying everywhere i'd be kind of disappointed yeah i think that's i think that critters is one of those like kind of more low-key like cult horror yeah. things that the creators are like really passionate about keeping that same kind of like vibe to it and yeah i just don't think that you can do that with cgi yeah you can't no so I- i'm glad they're going that route it looks really fun, honestly. It, there was a lot of criticism about it, but for a low-budget, like, digital series, I mean, what what more can you expect, you know? Yeah. But for what it is, it, it looks dope. The gore looks cool. The actual uh, critters, puppets, the krites, they look cool. Yeah, and now it's like... I think it's already established that this series is like a horror comedy. Mm. But with this one, for sure, you can tell. Like, yeah. There's yeah. that, like, zoom-in shot on that kid's face as he's going like ah you know, <laughs> yeah, like really badly so yeah it's like super intentionally like meant to be funny but i'm looking forward to it for sure critters a new binge comes out march 21st oh, shit. on shutter the next one is uh the hot topic the new ari aster film midsummer uh it looks badass uh mm-hmm. it looks like it all takes place in the daytime too which is weird because we've never had a horror horror movie take place like the whole day movie in daytime really uh maybe the burning i think like the wicker man was kind of like that but i haven't seen the wicker man but so I mean, there have been like uh, probably a handful <laughs> oh, yeah. most of them take place either like day and night or like full, at nighttime yeah and this uh this just gives the movie a different feel and mm. the fact that ari's directing it is he's probably definitely gonna give it that like supernatural thing because you know we saw where hereditary went and mm. You know, there was some cult activity in Hereditary, and that's what this this definitely looks like, some cult shit. Yeah. The basic premise behind Midsommar seems to be that uh, this couple goes to visit their friends. I think it's in Sweden, and they're having, like, this Midsummer festival that basically it looks like there's this pagan cult thing going on over there. And this festival only takes place, like, every 90 years, and it doesn't really give away a whole lot more than that. But, yeah, we can definitely expect some some crazy shit. Especially since this this is the guy who did Hereditary. Oh, yeah. There's going to be some heads flying. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So be on the lookout for that one, guys. That one's coming out August 9th everywhere. And the last trailer that we have is called In Search of Darkness. 
A journey into iconic 80s horror. Damn, we've never had like an in-depth 80s horror documentary before. I mean, we've had 100 scariest movie moments, but that focuses on every scary movie. Uh, we had Halloween, which dwells more into the Halloween saga, 25 Years of Terror. Uh, it kind of like touched on Black Christmas and like the slew of fucking 80s slashers imitators that were imitating Halloween, including like Friday the 13th and stuff. But we have never had anything that goes this in depth into like the 80s in general. And I think this is kind of what we need. Yeah, honestly, it looks super cool. They've got a host of like 40 plus horror icons, including Cassandra Peterson, who plays Elvira, Don Mancini. Heather Langenkamp, Bill Mosley, uh, Jeffrey Combs. There's just pretty much anybody that you can think of that's like a, a legend in horror. They're they're probably going to be in this documentary. Oh yeah, most definitely. Yeah. So it, it looks super cool, and it looks like it's going to explore a bunch of topics. I'm super pumped for it. And there's actually an Indiegogo campaign for it, which seems to be the only way that you can assure that you're going to get this movie right now. Uh, it's a British production, and basically, if you back one of like the tiers on the Indiegogo, you can get the movie. There's like somewhere you can get like a T-shirt and a poster, just a DVD, just a Blu-ray, whatever. So, if you go to Indiegogo, search for "In Search of Darkness," and you can back this project. I think you definitely should if you're a fan of horror, especially if you're like an '80s fanboy. Like oh yeah, I'm definitely gonna go drop some money on that. Oh yeah, so go check that out, guys. Right now, though, we're going to move on to our very first segment of the day where we are going to be discussing an 80s horror movie. And we're going to do so in The Cult Corner. And welcome back, boils and ghouls, to The Cult Corner where we discuss every week uh, a cult classic horror film and we kind of just give a a retrospective glance at it and, and just talk about it. And this week we're going to be talking about Night of the Comet. Yes, yes, Night of the Comet. And Barnabas, in your humble opinion, what makes this movie, what gives it its cult status? Man, I mean, dude, this is just like a quintessential 80s movie. You know, it's got that like upbeat, cheesy soundtrack. Wasn't it like Girls Just Want to Have Fun that was playing yeah. when they were like raiding that shopping center or whatever? Damn straight it was. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you had the you have the cheesy performances. You have the cool practical effects makeup. Uh, even just the way that it looks visually is is very 80s. You know, I would say that this is probably like the Big Trouble in Little China of like horror movies of like oh, yeah. the 80s. Like it's just that 80s movie. Yeah, know? this is like, this came out like what, mid 80s? What was it 85 or 86? 80, I think it was 84. Was it? Was so like it. almost smack dab right in the middle of the 80s. So mm-hmm. that's when 80s went from like the serious slasher kind of phase it was in the earlys. Then it slowly transitioned to like more cheese and more cheese as it went on. And we kind of see like the the like safe midground with this movie. Like it wasn't like too cheesy. You know, a lot of people said, oh, this movie's super cheesy. Like it wasn't that cheesy. Like some of the shit in this was brutal. Like the part zombie scientists that were trying to drain people of their life force so they could stay alive longer so they could find the cure. But, you know, it's not really altruistic because they were kind of doing it for themselves because most people on earth had been eradicated at that point yeah and i mean even just the fact that pretty much everybody just turned to dust yeah that was that was some crazy shit i mean in terms of like actual violence on screen and stuff like that and like gore and stuff it wasn't really there in this movie but 
this movie just has that nostalgia factor that makes it uh, an instant classic this was like a you know? 80s sci-fi like pseudo action movie if you yeah, will basically because we both watched it for the first time recently like just over the last few days yeah and i t- I had to play it back to back just to yeah fully absorb it I-, I only watched it the one time but so so this doesn't have that you know like memorable factor for us because we didn't watch it growing up or anything like that yeah but, but for me you know in all honesty I liked the movie. I enjoyed the movie, but uh, it wasn't what I was expecting, and I was kind of disappointed by it. I thought it was going to be some over-the-top uh, people sh- strolling across the highway type stuff, and yeah. they're just mowing down zombies and getting on motor- motorcycles while the, while the 80s ballads are playing in the background, and they're just chopping heads off. And yeah. I didn't expect, like, this was kind of like the first movie that, at least zombie movie where they're like humans are the real enemy yeah i mean this was okay i'll I'll say this this is basically like 80s i am legend except with less monsters in it and less you know all this introspective stuff because honestly the all the characters were kind of idiots and they were kind of shitty oh yeah so like you didn't really care about them that much i am legend obviously you know you're really just stuck with will smith and his dog but it kind of had that same vibe to it. Honestly, though, I wish that it was just them mowing down zombies. <laughs> I, I do, too. Yeah. All right, here's the cheese part. Where, like, she's being approached by that zombie in the alley. Mm-hmm. And he's like, come here. She's like, I'm warning you, mister. I, I know how to fight or whatever. Yeah, I don't want to hurt you. And then she, like, need him in the balls and threw him to the floor. Like, Yeah. It's like, bro, he's a zombie. He wouldn't care if you need him in the balls. Yeah. Well, you know, I guess that they were, like, maybe not trying to make them be zombies. Because they were, like, you know uh comet mutant creatures which was, which was cool i mean I, it was a creative concept but then like you saw probably five total mutants throughout the entire movie and so i th- i think they should have tried to do more with that yeah we saw the hobo we saw the cop in the dream sequence yeah and honestly the other ones weren't really like at all memorable so i don't even remember yeah because they they're those scientists turned to mutants at the end of the movie yeah but that i guess kind of lame i guess they were technically mutants the whole time like like i said because they were trying yeah. to like kill people so they can like take their whatever the fuck yeah. they needed so they could stay human for longer so they can look for a cure but in the time you're taken to kill humans and like drain them of whatever you need that time could have been used to like find a cure so like I guess they got to alternate. Like, all right, you two uh, kill these kids with laughing gas. Uh, tell them they're going to see Santa Claus. Uh, and we'll work on the cure while that's going on. Yeah. The the whole, like, n- story and the narrative, I think writing behind it, for me, kind of missed out. Because, yeah, uh, the whole presence of, like, this underground secret society of uh, what are, think tankers. <laughs> Like, were they even really, like, scientists? Uh, I don't even, I don't think so. They were like, yeah, we have a think tank. Like, who the, you know who has a think tank? Like, 23-year-old guys that just graduated from UCLA. And manatees. (laughs) And they buy, like, a 10-foot by 10-foot space (laughs) for, like, $15,000, and they think of an app. Like, that's what a think tank is. That's very specific, (laughs) but but, uh, accurate, nonetheless. But you know what what I mean? I don't know. That was just kind of a weird angle to throw into the story, because I really thought that the story was just going to be, like, a post-apocalyptic thing with them fighting off comet mutants the whole time. So did I. I didn't think they were going to go to, like, the headquarters of, like, the fucking Center for (laughs) Disease Control. The Men in Black and shit, yeah. yeah. (laughs) 
when when movies do that that kind of ruins it for me yeah because like we we watch these movies to see the mutants to see them mm-hmm. die to see them rip people apart we don't watch these zo- zombie slash mutant movies to see people go to like the hub that's responsible or like the center for disease control yeah. like oh wait you guys are the real enemies <laughs> not the mutants eating people's fucking small intestines and big intestines dude i mean and for me like i know you're supposed to uh, like suspend your disbelief and stuff and kind of go along with it and it is meant to be like a cheesy movie you know but i don't know if i can just believe that this comet comes out of nowhere turns everybody to dust except for people who specifically are surrounded by steel which is kind of weird <laughs> and then there's like a whole secret society of these like scientists who know everything about the comet like, like, like isn't that just so kind of yeah isn't this just kind of like weird <laughs> it's it's crazy like the the movie only makes sense because like the story is like completely arbitrary to like the script not to any mm-hmm. logic just like prodigy if i may mention that again <laughs> yeah. this this movie also has the same issue like that this is only that way because the script says so and, right. and the things happen not because like that's how they would pan out but because they were written that way but still nonetheless it was it, it was good that that kind of brings up how much i fucking hate the main characters though oh my god especially because, the little sister listen listen how do you walk outside you see streets full of like dust and clothes and there's nobody around and you're like well yeah this is normal yeah exactly like, like isn't that it's weird saturday there's no kids outside <laughs> over here it's like it's saturday there's never kids outside yeah and then eventually the main girl reggie she like you know convinces herself like oh shit it's like the end of the world and then her her sister who is super annoying <laughs> <laughs> she's the she's one of my least favorite characters in any uh, horror movie yeah sam she like doesn't believe it the entire not the entire movie but for like half the movie she's like yeah i don't get i don't get what you're uh so upset about you know like there's nothing weird going on like when she saw her stepmom and the guy she was having an affair with like in like dust yeah like it was just their clothes with dust inside them there's a logical explanation for this right no there isn't (laughs) there really is not it's not okay so i i kind of didn't care what happened to them Oh, no. after that because i was like man how, how can you like just be that willfully ignorant you know i was hoping that dream sequence when the mutant cop was like killing her that it was real oh man but it wasn't Do you think- and then she bitched at her sister because her sister was like hitting on the last guy on earth or whatever oh, yeah you, get, uh, you always steal the guy from me and now <laughs> you can't even give me like at the last guy earth uh. Like, i don't wow. know Let, let's really let's really consider it dude i mean i, I feel like this movie was kind of sexist <laughs> oh yeah. like why, why are they just talking about some random guy like during and being like, jealous yeah like a <laughs> weird like the end of the world instead of like looking as if, for help or as something, if women yeah. are that petty and like i think the little sister was supposed to perpetuate every negative stereotype for yeah. like women that's who she was she was like the what everyone thinks they are mm-hmm. and then her sister was what they actually are you know brave and warriors and mutant killers and i will foil your plan but at the same time though like she only survived because she had like a random one night stand with this guy like completely just arbitrary guy what's his name hector 
No, that was the that was the guy they ended up with, but she was with another dude at the beginning of the movie, Larry. Oh yeah, or yeah, yeah, I remember Larry. And then like she goes off looking for him, and then once she meets the other guy, she just forgets almost completely about the other guy. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so it's like what the fuck? So it kind of opened like that. So I don't know. It obviously they meant they were meant to be unconventional heroes, uh, which I do applaud, but I don't know. I just was thinking about stuff like that, but there is a lot to enjoy in this movie like for sure oh yeah uh the effects at least the makeup was good uh the effects were i guess nothing special because they didn't do anything really over the top the acting was pretty decent other than the little sister yeah i hate her with every fiber of my being i mean she was great at playing her role i guess yeah it's just with every electrolyte in my body <laughs> i hate her yeah i feel you the action sequences and everything were good and a lot of the dialogue was actually pretty decent. I mean, the cast had some pretty good chemistry. I can't forget that one line with that gang leader guy in, in the shopping center. He was like, I'm not crazy. I just don't give a fuck. Like, oh, yeah, he great. shot his boy. Yeah. That was, that was great. <laughs> that was uh, phenomenal. So there is definitely some goodness to be had here. The ending kind of like lost me. But yeah, it's it's just super 80s, like nostalgic cheese i just kind of wonder how perception of this movie would be if it didn't have that crazy nostalgia factor i think people would be like wow this fucking blows i don't know that was like my hidden not my hidden secret because i did enjoy it but at the same time i was like yeah there were a lot of things i wish could have like been different it didn't really withstand the test of time either no i don't think so at all i mean just based on like their hair yeah you know this movie lacks just a lot of substance for me. All of those... I think any end-of-the-world movie doesn't have much substance. Even A Quiet Place. Because it's just like, hey, it's the end of the world. Now what? Uh, we got to try not to die for the rest of our lives. Oh. All right, <laughs> yeah. let's go. Like, that's it. Like, that's the whole... That's all that will ever happen. If anything, I mean... It's that- not like they're going to get... <laughs> oh, great. Now we're stuck in an amusement park. <laughs> like, it's just like, no. It's just, yeah. Just, uh, I was gonna say like you gotta have a series or something that you can just like explore more stuff with but with prequels even, at least yeah or like you know like The Walking Dead is kind of perfect for that not now obviously but just the whole thought behind The Walking Dead is it's just like American Horror Story it's not for fans of horror kind of yeah I, I will say though that the the comics are much better but I think that that takes the whole post-apocalyptic thing in a much better direction than a movie would but i do have to give props to the filmmakers of night of the comet for getting that whole like city and like locking it down and you know getting all those empty streets and everything like for, right. for a low budget movie that's pretty impressive they're probably like guys look just don't come outside <laughs> yeah honestly that is how it be sometimes they just like lock down a street they post up signs they let people know and then they just shoot there but uh yeah those are our thoughts on night of the comet overall i i did find it a really enjoyable flick, but uh, the horror elements, eh, pretty lackluster. Yeah, the horror elements were lackluster, but what is there? The makeup effects and the 80s cheese yeah. and the nostalgia. Those are the three things. Yeah, and I, th- I think that's definitely what most people watch it for. So. <laughs> if, you want, if you want all of those things plus horror, just watch the original Night of the Demons. Yeah. Not Night of the Comet. But don't, don't get me wrong. Night of the Comet's like a solid like 7 out of 10 for me. It's like... It's just the average 80s movie, honestly. Yeah, that's fair. Let us know what you guys uh, think about Night of the Comet. We're going to move on to our main segment. We're going to be talking about a brand new film that just came out. But first, let's hear from some other SRD shows. 
All right, Fred. So the people at Sports Radio Detroit want us to cut a promo for Parsons and Slow. I want them to cut me a check for Parsons and Slow. Well, um, I've I've Googled some keywords, and I'm going to uh, put them here in a promo. So so here it goes. Ready, Fred? Yeah, uh, analytics away. Parsons and Slow. We have the content consumers crave. Listen to us on iTunes, Spotify, uh, anywhere else that podcasts are available or will kill you. We won't really kill you. Just listen to our podcast, brand new, every Friday on Sports Radio Detroit. Okay, I'm ready to do the promo. Oh, that was it. Because I feel like a salad tossing might feel good. What? (laughs) (laughs) Out of Bounds Detroit Podcast. Tuesday morning and Friday mornings here on SportsRadioDetroit.com. Welcome back. And in this week's main segment, we've got a review of a brand new horror film. We actually posted a poll about it on Facebook, and it seemed like the hole in the ground was the winner. We also had Greta on there, so I might still go check out Greta, and maybe like we could do a written v- review or something like that. But Yeah, I'm down. But uh, yeah, we checked out the hole in the ground. It was a pretty small release. Only one theater in our area had it, um, and it was mostly just released on VOD. So I did rent it and check it out. And uh, you just watched it last night? Yeah, I rented it off uh, Amazon Prime. It was yeah. like six bucks. Not, th- not not bad at all. Yeah, it's not bad. And honestly, I think it was pretty well worth it. Oh, yeah. I uh, kind of want to own the physical one now. Mm-hmm. It kind of reminded me of, uh, I don't know if you saw, you didn't see it. I don't know if any of you guys saw it, the, the Hollow Child. Same premise. So this kid, like, you know, he fucking runs away or whatever. Not runs away, but he goes to play in the woods. Mm-hmm. And then when he comes back, he's not the same. And yeah. the mother can always tell. But the movie starts off with uh, some uh, creepy-ass bitch almost getting hit by a car. Yeah. And she's just standing there whispering. like, <laughs> Mom's like, what the fuck is going on? And then they just looks at her and then, you know, she grabs her mirror and drives off. So, basically... This is one of those demon child movies. Yeah. And uh, if you guys have seen any of like the plot synopses or any of the descriptions, promotional material or anything like that, even the trailer kind of gives away that this is a changeling film. And so if you're familiar with the, the changeling lore at all, it's basically a fairy or an elf that usually gets replaced with a human infant. In this case, it was like a young boy. I don't know how old he was, like eight or something like that, I think. Yeah. But uh, that's that's usually the, the lore. They replace a human infant with one of their own, and it, it takes, you know, the form of the replaced baby or kid or whatever, and, and uh, they're, they're just kind of mischievous, and they're not exactly the same, obviously. <laughs> And uh, this movie basically takes that myth and makes it into the horror film. It's not the first thing we've ever seen do it, but I think this movie did it really well, Um, especially because the whole like changeling lore among other countries kind of originated around like Ireland and stuff like that. And this is an Irish production. It's fucking Irish, man. Like it's just full out. You know what this movie reminded me of? At least like the the mood of it and like the, the cinematography, the Babadook. Kinda, yeah. It's like if the Babadook had a baby with the Hallow and the Hollow Child. Sure, yeah. I mean, 
I was kind of thinking that too, just because of the vibe and also because of the whole like mother son relationship. That was a big part of it. Uh, except that this movie, the the payoff for this movie was vastly different than the Babadook. Oh yeah, uh, we're not gonna spoil that, but mm-hmm. it was completely different. One thing I did not like about this movie though was like the lack of score instead of like an actual score they just kind of had this foreboding music like Mm. this kind of like with like the really low camera angle shots on like every scene it kind of it didn't drag but i want to say the scenes like moved very slowly it was not a quickly paced movie at all yeah this is definitely a slow burn for sure and there was a lot of diegetic sound elements um you know but i kind of liked that in some parts where you know there wasn't really any music and you could just kind of like hear the gravel on the road crunching underneath the car tires as like some crazy shit's going on where they find that one woman i won't spoil what happens but you know kind of what i'm talking about and so there were some parts that i liked but yeah the lack of music didn't like really help build suspense that much there was really only that, like, doom, yeah, and, like, some of the nighttime scenes, I think. Yeah. But uh, I did like the atmosphere overall. I really was impressed with the cinematography in this movie. I like the the color contrasts, all the shadows and everything. The lighting was really good. So, it, visually, this movie was awesome. Oh, yeah. Uh, and it was very technically sound. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, aesthetically, it passes special effects now we could talk about that okay what did you think so if we're pretty much referring to basically the ending basically the ending yeah um like the very first like quick reveal i liked it but then pretty much at the ending yeah i was a little off put by it just because it, it was a little much but uh but there was some practical makeup mixed into that i think at least uh you know it seemed like it and that was pretty good but uh yeah there was kind of a a disrespectful use of cgi at the end of this film i felt like yeah that's the that's what kind of bothered me when i mean initially when you see the yeah you kind of tell like some guy was just like all right we're gonna take this we're gonna computer generate it i mean pumpkin head was all like human yeah and it looked real okay that shit was terrifying it like i said the cgi it i think it's difficult when you're trying to like interpret mythology but so like i thought it was cool that this movie had the twist i guess or reveal that it had but yeah i don't like that the i don't like the way that they approached it i think they could have done something a little creepier a little scarier with like real makeup Another thing I didn't like for in this movie is, like, for the most part of the movie, you know what's going on, right? The mother's kind of in denial. Because, like she says, a mother can tell when there's something wrong, like, with her kid. Yeah. So, if it's if it's a changeling, she can definitely tell. And she, she kind of noticed a bit late, which kind of made the actual scary elements, like, pop up, like, really, really late in the film. Mm-hmm. which kind of actually bothered me like sure it's an atmospheric movie it's moody it's dark it's seems fucking hopeless right because it's mm-hmm. so fucking depressing but like nothing really happens until i would say like the 52 minute mark that's when 
shit started uh basically with 30 minutes left that's when stuff started uh yeah going down like a little bit a lot i guess the dream sequences were okay like the, the scars dream sequence but everything else was kind of weak for me i kind of feel differently i mean overall i liked the build up and everything i liked all the psychological elements to this film i kind of think that this movie did it way better than the prodigy you know they're both kind of like the the creepy killer kid movies on the block right now but oh yeah so this movie honestly is what i wish the prodigy like could have been but it definitely still had its flaws i kind of liked the build-up though i felt it was pretty natural uh it was definitely suspenseful for me there were some really cool scenes i thought like with the kid in his room and uh at the school i thought that was a pretty good scene so i i kind of liked the build-up but i do kind of get where you're coming from too but I, I thought this movie definitely was remedied by the fact that like it kept pretty true to the lore and the acting was really solid and just yeah the t- technically it was it was a good film i agree 100 percent. and i think if anyone gets a chance they should definitely check this movie out uh it was not in my opinion as good as the golem and uh honestly i watched the hollow child on uh comcast and i like the hollow child a bit better than this film as well but mm-hmm. it's literally the same film as the hollow child it's the same film so good to know i would check both of them out yeah uh, i will also say though that the actual hole in the ground in this film was pretty cool i think they did a good oh, job yeah. with that but yeah if you do watch this movie which i think you should definitely be prepared for some familiarity because most of the main criticisms were that just this movie employs a very typical sort of formula and definitely feels similar to a lot of other movies especially a lot of modern stuff that's coming out that's very similar to this like you said the hollow child hereditary the prodigy you know etc yeah so but i think it still stands out on its own for having a a really cool premise and doing a good job of adapting this lore so if you guys are into that kind of stuff, I think you'll enjoy it. So that's all we have to say about the hole in the ground. I guess if we had to give it a final rating out of five, I gave it a four. 3.5 for me. All right. Just because I've seen The Hollow Child. Yeah, that's fair. I have not, so I guess that bumps me up half a point. So, uh, yeah, we're going to move on here, guys, to our last segment. And we're going to be talking about another brand new film in this week's chopping block Ah! and welcome to the chopping block boils and ghouls we're going to be reviewing treehouse this week it's the newest installment in the uh into the dark series on hulu yeah that one's pretty good i just watched down i watched the puka Mm. i still haven't watched the first episode that we talked about a year ago the one about the hitman yeah that one looked good actually it looked good i still haven't watched it and then now this one they're supposed to deal with holidays i don't know what i don't know what which holiday there is in march i guess saint patrick's day i I think that the whole thing behind this one is that it was supposed to be the ides of march which really isn't like a holiday but it's like a thing okay (laughs) yeah it's, it's some like it's on like the 15th of march it's supposed to be like this omen or something like that because apparently it's like the day that they conspired to kill julius caesar some weird shit but 
<laughs> this movie, I guess, kind of plays on it because it's essentially about a, a celebrity chef. Want to be Gordon Ramsay? Yeah, basically Gordon Ramsay, portrayed by the incomparable Jimmy Simpson. He's really good. He, I'll he give is, him that. He's fucking great. He's very good. I dude. really like that guy. Fucking Liam McPoyle from <laughs> It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Badass. But yeah, but he's a great, serious actor. And uh, he is starring in this. He's really fucking funny, too. Like, mm. naturally funny. Like, you could tell, like, he's just playing himself, at least, like, wh- like how loose he is and how he tells jokes. Like. Yeah. He do, he's, a, he's just a natural actor and comedian. So, I, I fucking love that guy. But he is a star in this. Uh, he portrays Peter Rake, uh, who basically is a shitty guy <laughs> on camera and in real life. And he gets embroiled in some, like, unknown scandal and retreats to his uh country house and so he goes there and he encounters this group of women and basically from there just the night gets crazy because these women come over and they essentially torture yeah there's this whole like witch story behind it quote unquote you know yeah witch. so i thought that that was kind of cool i just don't know if i like the way that they ended up like taking that whole you know subject yeah i don't know it was weird uh this is a spoiler this is a hashtag me too movie so that was like the the basis for this so uh it, it was just i want to say it was done different i didn't expect for what happened to have happened yeah uh i did not think i thought it was going to be actually supernatural I mean, you could kind of sense there was, like, a faux supernatural mm-hmm. element, and it wasn't really, like, supernatural. Oh, we put a p- paralysis spell on you, like, bullshit. I don't care what movie it is. Like, I'm not going to believe that that someone just put a fucking spell on someone. They drugged his ass. Yeah. So, basically, this group of women seems to be, like, a coven of witches or something they all have the tattoo from charmed yeah basically but essentially what this movie kind of boils down to is that uh this guy peter rake is pretty shitty to women and the movie kind of revolves around what happens to him because of that this movie comes in the wake of the harvey weinstein thing and all this stuff about um abusers of women and everything like that so it definitely plays on those themes like pretty heavily and at some points i almost kind of want to say like too heavily i don't know but as a movie it wasn't really too bad i just kind of wish that it stuck to more of those supernatural themes and wasn't maybe so preachy i don't know yeah i agree like it was a little bit cheesy i'll say this much i thought that the cinematography was pretty good uh you know this is like a hulu series so it's it's pretty well produced the acting is good jimmy simpson was awesome the whole main cast of uh of the women the coven they were all great the story just i think could have been tighter and maybe geared in a direction that exemplified those themes but not in a way that was like too over the top or that like completely altered like the course of the story basically i read roger ebert's uh quick review of it and yeah he basically said like this is a movie that's like good but you wish was better and i kind of agreed with that i think even they could have just like used some different angles or lit the scenes a little bit differently possibly and i I think it could have came off like a lot better than it was but so i mean for me i'll say i think you can skip this one 
I think for me it's it's chopped. Yeah, it's chopped for me too. But it was boring, honestly. Like it was boring because it tried to be like so substantial. Like it was just like as soon as like as soon as this movie took off, it stayed going crazy, but like the direction it went was just bad. Like I felt like something else could have been done to him rather than just the whole boring like Yeah. I think so too. I think uh narratively it could have been definitely a little I think it could have been a little bit more like implicit too. The movie itself was the the message was too like straightforward, I think. Yeah, if if they kind of just downplayed it but still made the point, you know, impactful and relevant, then I think it could have been a lot more impressive than it was. I agree. The movie was just weird, honestly. Yeah, that's that's about what I'll say for it too. Well, those are our thoughts on Treehouse. If you guys do check it out and you like it, let us know. I still And we'll be sure to stay away from you. <laughs> I still found uh, some parts of it enjoyable for sure. I mean, Jimmy Simpson's performance is awesome. Yeah, he's the only good thing about that movie. So that's all we have for you guys. Uh, don't forget to like, subscribe, share our stuff, and of course, comment as well. Uh, we have a website, gravediscussions.net, and we have a bunch of social media too. Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Just look up Grave Discussions or Grave Disc SRD on on the tweeters. Yes, tune in next week where we do cartwheels on top of a church. Ooh, on Grave Discussions. Don't don't edit that out. I want them to know I have bronchitis. All right. This has been an SRD production.